Don't make me turn this podcast around. You're listening to the Reno Dads Podcast. We're dads talking about dad stuff. We're doing the dad thing in the biggest little city in the world, Reno, Nevada. But we're talking about things that all dads and parents can relate to. We'll share fatherly war stories, discuss manly things, and even get into the tender moments of fatherhood. But we want you to be a part of this conversation, so join us and listen in. And be warned, dad jokes ahead. All right, we're back in the studio here for the Reno Dads podcast. I'm Jonathan Salkoff, your host, and uh, with me today I have two, well, one familiar voice who's finally back in the studio. It's Mike uh, Mike McDowell. Thanks for coming in. Gladly. And uh, and Ken Zimmerman, who will let him uh, introduce himself. I'll let uh, I'll let Mike sort of uh, take it from here for a little bit, and we'll uh, we'll get to know Ken. Sure. Yeah. Actually, I'll probably volley it right back over to you, Ken. Okay. Here and, and give our uh, our listeners uh, an introduction for. Just basic, who, who are you? And then I'll, I'll kind of explain why we've invited you in here today. Okay. All right. Well, yep. My name is Ken Zimmerman and uh, born and raised in Reno. And I have a uh, 13-year-old daughter, uh, just uh, just turned 13, too. So well, We can talk a little <laughs> bit about teenagers because that would be fun. Jonathan's oh, yeah. got teenagers. I've got a couple <laughs> teenagers that we, uh, I, I forgot to mention. Yeah, I have two teenagers at home and that's a... It's a challenge, and you're on the just on the front end of it, right? Yeah, yeah. I am. <laughs> so haven't seen any uh, crazy changes yet, but mm-hmm. we're starting to see just a little bit of um, resistance and uh, a little separating from uh, the parents, you know. But. Well, it's appropriate. You you mentioned your daughter. One of the uh, big reasons that we invited you in today is we want to talk about your daughter okay. um, specifically. Ken's uh, daughter had to deal with um, cancer as a child, and this is a, obviously a very sobering topic here, but we've got uh, next month, March, uh, a big event with St. Baldrick's, uh, in which we are uh, actually raising money for children, uh, childhood cancer research, and uh, and trying to find a cure to, to childhood cancer. So um, I'm very interested to hear your story about, um, you know, maybe let's start sort of chronologically. And, okay. And the day you found out, um, sure. heard this news. Okay. Well, actually, I can even go a little bit uh, farther back from where we found out. Oh. Um, we It was a few months before. Um, it was the uh, summer of 2013. And I don't know if you guys remember, they had that uh, fire that was going on. Uh, it was, I think, in Yosemite sure. Ridge Fire or something like that or one of those. Um, and uh, there was smoke everywhere in Reno. And, uh, so we were all starting to get headaches, but our daughter was complaining of headaches. And, and, uh, so we brought her in, you know, to the doctor and the pediatrician said, yeah, it's probably just a smoke, you know? And, sure. and so then, um, you know, after the smoke subsided, so did her headaches. And then a few weeks later, they started coming back again and they just slowly, but surely were more frequent. And then she would start coming into our room you know, like 4 a.m. saying, do you have a washcloth, you know, for my forehead and all that? And, and she was uh, seven at this time. Seven. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And uh, so we couldn't figure it out. And me being a dad, and this is, you know, kind of scary. Dads sometimes can be like, oh, you know, tough it out. and Rub some dirt. You got it. it. Yeah. It's probably allergies and stuff yeah. like that. And and so. Which is very common in Reno. Absolutely. We all, we, we, yeah, yeah. We're congested uh, 12 months of the year. Right. Yeah. So, but then. We started noticing then she started getting um, nauseated and throwing up and then we knew something was wrong. So it's actually my wife. She called up and said, hey, listen, um, 
you know, she, she's having these episodes. We want to get an MRI done. And there was like a month wait, waiting list on that. Oh, wow. And um, so we said, hey, listen, we, if there's anything pops up sooner, let us know. And so a week goes by and they call us up. They say, hey, we got an opening. You guys want it. So we came in there, got the MRI. Everything, you know. Was that locally here? It was Reno? locally here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was at Renown. And everything seemed like fine. You know how it usually is when you go to the doctors, they do their checks and they send you home and then they call you and say you're crazy or something uh -huh. like that, you yeah. know. But um, this time I, we, I went back to my office and next thing it was like um, it was uh, October 17th, 2013. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting at my uh, desk and all of a sudden my wife calls up and she was crying. I just I just she could barely get words out. And part of me was thinking, I knew we just left the hospital that day, but, and I, part of me was thinking, I hope it's something like, even though I love animals, I love our dog. I was thinking maybe our dog got hit by mm -hmm. a car or something like that, you know, because like deep in my mind, I knew that as had to do with our is, daughter. As awful as that is, it would be, mm -hmm. it was not this is Emily. The, yeah. The alternative would be the worst possible Exactly. Thing, sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so she calls me up and uh, she says, uh, the hospital just called or pediatrician just called. They said they found uh, a mass inside her brain and uh, we got to uh, rush her to the emergency room and they're care flighting her to Stanford. Wow. So same day, that day. same day, that day I'm in my office and I was just, just shaking and yeah. I, I couldn't even it's get up out of my punch to the gut. Oh, yeah. you don't even think. And you, you know, the whole thing you're thinking of is the whole way I, I, I said, well, maybe it's just something, you know, uh, that they can just take out and, and everything's fine. And then I get there and doctors bring me back into a room. My wife's crying and my dad's wife came in, um, who's a nurse, uh, and was looking at the MRI and I could see tears coming down, you know, from her. So I knew it was bad. And they looked and they, I, we saw this, uh, uh, size about a golf ball, you know, and she's got small little head, seven year old. And, and right in the center, there's this gray, or actually kind of like a bright white mass in front of all, you know, all this gray. And um, at that point, I, ju I just couldn't even think anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, uh, um, just kind of in the daze. And my wife and her went down. They got on the helicopter and went down there. And then I just kind of packed up what I could. And we basically, we moved down there, mm -hmm. you know. And, and uh, so when we got there... Um, when the, the surgeons came in, you know, they kind of explained to us what it was, um, uh, you know, it's a tumor there, but they got to remove it. They're going to see if it's, you know, benign or what it is. And, and I didn't think they could remove it. You know, it's in the middle of the middle of the, the brain. Yeah. So I was a little relieved when they said they Not could easy to access. Yeah, wow. exactly. Oh yeah. And so the surgeon came in and said, okay, well, let's get rid of this. We'll get rid of it tomorrow. Wow. And, uh, and so they they basically they got it mostly out, and then I was thinking, well, that's great, we're done, and we were far from it because what they have to do then they tested it. It was, um, you know, it's cancerous, it's mm -hmm. medulloblastoma, and they said, okay, we're going to do radiation and then we're going to do chemotherapy. You know, and that's where it's it's just devastating because you know, and that's where 
we get on the internet and that's what scares that that's sure, my that's recommendation easy. to everyone do not get on the internet <laughs> yeah, listen to the doctors but maybe not not so much <laughs> oh, on the boy. internet yeah. exactly yeah I mean, you have to kind of filter all of that so and, hard to resist that though right? it is you want to yeah. be informed I mean, and i did it all um, the way through yeah i did it all the way through and my wife had to put me in check and you know sometimes <laughs> she, you know but yeah you off but, to, yeah turn off that internet yeah what uh how long is that course of treatment so it was uh she did uh about a month of radiation every single day Every morning, boom, go in there uh, like clockwork. And then um, she was to do nine rounds of uh, chemo. And she only got through four because her body was just, it couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we talked to the doctors and what's happening is, you know, our daughter has low platelets and uh, my wife has low platelets too. Mm -hmm. So, um, and a lot of her, blood cells white count and all that stuff they just were not recuperating sure so you get to the point you're going to kill it with the treatment yeah. so one of the things i stop. was i was some of the information i was getting through saint baldrick's is one of the reasons for needing to get more funding behind childhood cancer research is that the treatment's different than adult uh, it's very toxic for a yeah. for a child to use that same sort of treatment that an adult would get for the same uh, kind of cancer it's a kid's bodies just can't quite handle it well they say you know they don't do things like radiation they won't do for kids like under three mm -hmm. because what's happening is is like if let's say you and i uh, were to get radiation on a brain mm -hmm. you know what happens is our brain starts to heal makes new uh you know neural pathways and all that kind of stuff sure. but on the developing brain you're actually preventing some development ah, so sure. they call them late effects i don't know if you're familiar with those at all yeah. But um, the one thing that the doctors told me there is they said, well, there's some things from this treatment, things that'll heal and she'll get better. Some things will stay the same in her development and some things will get worse. Mm -hmm. And what we're noticing is from from the treatment is her processing speed is just is slow. Mm -hmm. It takes her a lot longer to do things, to think of things. Um, she has trouble communicating, um, getting her words out. A lot of times she gets halfway through a sentence, starts back over. She can't pull the words out. Um, and her attention span, and that's slowly but surely getting worse as she's getting mm. older. Gotcha. And um, and it was one of the things they they talked to us beforehand, before they even started all the stuff. And they said, well, you know, this is the treatment that we have. They said any problems that she gets from the treatment are things that we can treat. Hmm. You can't treat a kid that's not alive. Absolutely. So as, as much Absolutely. as it's good, it, the treatment is going to damage her, you know, it's going to give her brain damage. It's going to affect her body. She's only, she's 13 and she's uh, four feet, five inches. Mm -hmm. So she's very, you know, not like tall and it doesn't run on our family anyway. You I know? hear you. We're not basketball players. I hear but, you, my friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, um, uh, she's on growth hormone now, but by the time they start her, she may get like another inch or two. Mm -hmm. I got you. For, sure. for a girl or a woman, it's not, yeah, height's not really that that big a thing. We just want to make sure, hey, can you drive a car? <laughs> you know, don't See you live in here all your See life? Over the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's a well, lot. To have of... her with you is the most important thing of, of all of this. I mean, What's that? To have her that, with that's you. That's all, mm -hmm. you know, and, and yeah. I'll tell you, I mean, in, in our life, I, I could talk for hours about how much, you know, I know you probably don't have all <laughs> that much time, but just how much, you know, um, our life has changed just from knowing that we could lose her and that we have her now, you know, in our life, because we've seen a lot of people around us that were getting treatment alongside us and their children didn't make it. 
and you know it's almost like we get a sense of guilt but then we you know we think we're wow we have we almost lost her and i don't know what what you get a perspective yeah yeah Yeah, and that is one of the things i wanted to talk with you about today is is what changes you've maybe seen in emily Mm -hmm. uh in your family and in yourself if you've seen some over that over the course of the last five six years here yeah well with with emily i've seen a lot of uh she's brave i mean she certainly is brave the things that she goes through you know you can give her shots we give her shots every day you know and Mm -hmm. she's totally fine with it she's very brave but i could tell that she's very insecure um with herself you know it wasn't until just this year when she moved to schools uh, when she moved schools did she have any real she just got her first friends oh wow and you know people were always nice to her people treated her you know a lot of respect and they knew what she went through but no one was ever calling her to say, hey, can you, you want to hang out and this and this. And mm-hmm. so she was always alone at recess. We tried working with the, you know, the teachers tried hard to get kids to play with. But um, now she's starting to um, hang around two kids a, at school. It, a, um, a sense of self-comfort. And- it's, it's, it's a, she, had low, she has a little self-esteem mm-hmm. from it, yeah. you know, and, and the fact what the treatment did to her, you know. Yeah, sure. But um, there's a lot of. On our end, as, as scary as it was, there's actually a lot of blessings that came out of it. And one thing that I knew about myself is that I'm kind of a workaholic. Yeah. And, you know, I grew up like that. And my, my mom was like that. She was in the same business. I, I'm in real estate. And, and uh, she was in real estate. And there's always kind of like phone ring at the dinner oh, yeah. table. No one could answer the phone unless it was one of her clients. You know, and <laughs> <Yeah>. then <laughs> that's how I became. And I'd come home and and... You know, I'd be right back on my phone. Give my daughter a hug. How you doing, Emily? Love you. Right back on my phone. Because she'll be here tomorrow, right? Mm. You know? And so once this happened, my whole life changed. It wasn't about making a lot of money. It wasn't about, you know, making sure all these, taking on as many clients as I could and this and this. It was about spending, you know, time with my daughter. And so I give up. I mean, my, I give up tons of business now. You know, or I'll tell people, no, I, I don't have time to do that. Yeah. You know, um, I come home now and daughter's on the couch and my phone's down for a little bit. You know, we talk, we chat and we. What grade is she you in? Know, she's in. So she was held back mm-hmm. um, just because of all the treatment stuff. So she's in six now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, but she's coming along. She's still such a bright kid. Such a bright kid. <laughs> yeah. You know, you were mentioning one of the. Um, one of the ways that you processed uh, kind of all that was happening is that you created a f- Facebook page at Correct. the time. Uh-huh. And um, you know, some of that was, I'm sure, to help friends and family know the status. And everyone was probably on pins and needles wondering if she was going to be all right. Yeah. Um, but the other, the other thing you mentioned is that was a way for you to sort of express Absolutely. what was going on. Can you tell us a little bit about why you created the page or sort of what, what kind of content you ended up putting on onto it? Yeah. And basically my wife and I were kind of a team on this is where she is really good at knowing the details. Mm. They gave her X amount of gray and radiation and blah, blah, blah. She has this appointment mm-hmm. and this and this. I was always good at saying kind of how we felt. Mm. And, and that's kind of what I needed to do. So she was good at informing people. I just had to write. I had to get it off my chest. You know, what I was feeling, the experiences we, we had that day. And, uh, and some of it was the interacting that I get from other people mm-hmm. saying, Hey, you know, we're thinking about you and this and this, and then we, and 
you didn't feel like you're alone. And mm -hmm. one of the things, and you probably hear this from other people that uh, have been through cancer, is that even though you're involved around so many people, you start to feel alone. Yeah. Because people are scared to talk to you because uh, they. Well, I, yeah. I, I, I'm really curious about this, Ken, because yeah. actually this is one thing that I think would really help. Um, I think a lot of people in, uh -huh. in a situation who, you know. I've read things about the sort of concentric circles about, you know, who's the closest, you know, there's the person going through it, there's the immediate family and then yeah. there's close family and then there's sort of friends. And then there's a really, there's a question that people like us who are on the outside looking in, maybe reading your page and learning about it or being, you know, wanting to be more present for you and more helpful. Yeah. What are, what are the things that helped you the most? When If, if it was a friend that you didn't think, I mean, I would love to have an example okay. of somebody who just, you know, you didn't expect to sort of be there, but sort of showed up and said, knew exactly what to say and knew how yeah. to do it. Or, or if you didn't have that, like, what would you have really most appreciated to have from friends and family that wanted to help and maybe didn't know what to do? I mean, I think that's the thing that people like us who are on the outside. I mean, I haven't thankfully had to have this experience, but I know people who have. And I always wonder, like, am I doing the right thing? But just how do I how do I get involved or how can I best support them? Yeah, I think the, the best support is to just reach out sometimes, but don't expect replies. Right. Hmm. Say, hey, listen, you're busy. I'm just letting you know we're thinking about you, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Hmm. Done, you know? The hardest is when people ask tons of questions. Right. Because they sit there and say, so how are things going? How many, because one of the reasons why, another reason why I make a page, we can tell everybody at once. Yeah. Because a lot of times you're sitting there and you can't concentrate or, or you're, you know, you're doing so many other things, your mind's on so many other things and to answer everyone's it's questions, like this, it's overwhelming. Uh, these reporting yeah. assignments that people are inadvertently giving yeah. you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, and you want to be nice and helpful because you know that they, they genuinely sure. care, yeah. but it's extra work on your part. Is there a way that people could help you like when you were in the thick of it, like mm -hmm. with, I mean, you hear sometimes people put together like a whole meal, you know, yeah. you know, they put a whole schedule together people bring meals over and things yeah. like that did that help you or did you guys do that it did we had some people just do that and that's it was always appreciated to yeah. say hey listen you guys are gonna be home i'm coming over we're bringing over this you know whether or not you eat it or not that's up to you mm -hmm. but this is what what we're doing and that's always when, when people take the initiative and they just do that for people it's so much easier than when people say um if you need anything let us know no one's going to do that. Mm -hmm. No one's going to say, hey, listen, you know, I, really I could need, use, yeah. yeah, yeah, we, mm -hmm. we just don't, people that are involved in this feel bad to reach out for other people, even in charities, even, you know, one of the things that, that I had trouble with was reaching out uh, when charities reached out to me, I said, no, I don't need you, you know, and then they said, you will. And mm -hmm. we did. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And on that, on that topic, mm -hmm. um, one of the St. Baldrick's partners is the Northern Nevada Children's Cancer Foundation. Mm -hmm. And you ended up, they were one of those organizations yeah. that said something like that to you. Can you tell us that? Sure. What yeah. that relationship was like? They reached out to us. I remember because I had some friends who were involved and knew and, and they talked to us about it. And um, I remember uh, them reaching out and I was talking to uh, Leslie Kadich over there mm -hmm. and, um, you know, saying, no, I think we're in a good place here. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we... We got insurance. We have, you know, we have some reserve funds and all that. She's like, you do now, but this is not, an, yeah. this is not a two, three week process, you know? And, and as time went by, she was absolutely right because we were, we basically moved, you know, we, we came, I came back and forth all the time uh, here, but I had to give up, you know, 
a lot of my business. And then, you know, you're, you're going there and, and you have to stay in. We stayed for a little bit at the Ronald McDonald House, but then, you know, we had to find hotels. Palo Alto, things aren't cheap. True. <laughs> you know, so we're staying down there. And this, this part I know. Yeah. <laughs> so things add up. And I was really super surprised. I mean, we weren't in bad shape, but it came to the point where it's like, okay, we're starting to get a little nervous here. You know, luckily we have, we have good, uh, you know, friends and family too, to help support us. But, um, it gets a little crazy and they also helped us, you know, fill out some paperwork and sure. all that. So, so it's nice having a resource that's there like them who reach out, they help you. They take a big burden off you. I mean, even when it comes down to Christmas, they're like, Hey, we got presents here oh, wow. and stuff like that. Come mm-hmm. down. You don't have to do anything. We've already got a stocking filled up for her, you know? So they, they, so they, you can, we could focus on our daughter, just spending time with our daughter and making her feel good. And they, so they, they take that burden off and there's so many facets to it, but they're the real deal. They, they, yeah, we really appreciate them. So yeah, it sounds like they really stepped up I mean, they did. and we've heard stories like this. Absolutely. So many stories. I mean, it's just really phenomenal. What an incredible organization Absolutely. They, have, they have there. How long ago, uh, was it now that it felt like it was all sort of over or does it, are you kind of always looking over your shoulder or does it feel like it's in the rear view mirror? It's slowly, but surely kind of dissipating. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we used to have to go back to Stanford every three months. Now we're at the six months. In fact, next week um, we're going back to Stanford and that's when they do the scans and they check to make sure. And um, so we get what we call scansiety. Mm-hmm. And it's starting to build right now. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. oh, I tell you, right when she does the MRI, then we're just on pins and needles. Okay. It's, it's okay. crazy. So there are moments now. It's not consistent. So for, for the most, and in fact, part of me has to try to remind myself, listen, remember how you felt a few years ago? Keep that in your head. Because there's times I, 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 I start kind mm-hmm. of ignoring my daughter. I feel like I'm busy or this and that. Got to put that back in my head. Hey, yeah, she may not always be there and, and our next scan may not be clean. So, um, what's so yeah. her, what's her attitude like, uh, about it all? Is she, does she have anxiety about something like that returning or is she no. happy and enjoying life? She's happy and enjoying life. Good. She, uh, in fact, Good. during the whole treatment process, we didn't, we didn't tell her until after we got it, that she's clear and she's good to go. We told her that we're just trying to get rid of her headaches. You know, mm-hmm. and we didn't tell her that this is this is could be fatal. Yeah, that's so, a good that's a good point. When yeah, as, seven, young, as young as she was, I mean, it yeah. seems like that's probably a really uh, a really good decision. Well, I think with with you know stress doesn't help. You know, and especially Absolutely. she doesn't understand what is death. And in fact, her little friend sure. that goes in before her for radiation, it was so like I said, it was is they had a down to a uh, clockwork down there, a uh, little girl named Jennifer they would wheel in for radiation and she didn't make it. And I remember she asked, she's like, well, can I go play? And we're like, no, they moved and this and this, mm-hmm. you know, they're just things you just don't tell them at, at that age where, yeah. you know, in a way it was, it was good that she had it when she was seven instead of 13, sure. because 13, she can get on the internet and look herself, yeah. and figure out what's going as a, on. As a dad, I don't even know if I would have ever had the courage to even say the words with yeah. my daughter. Yeah. If that were the case. I mean, yikes. you just, I know. And you just, you just do, I guess, you know, they're always in the hospital to hear it from somewhere, but she did, she yeah. wasn't old enough to understand. So, well, a happy, happy story. It turns out. So that's, oh, yeah. that's good. And, yeah. um, yeah. glad to, we got some added perspective and glad to hear 
Oh yeah, he's happy and healthy and well. There's yeah, and there's a lot of positives that, that came out of such a such a horrible you know yeah. negative. There's you know, um, but uh, you know sometimes it, it would be in an interesting world if every parent got thrown into this just for a week or two, mm-hmm. and just realized the value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll you know I'll uh, I'll be a little bit of a data head here because I found a bunch of these stats. St. Baldrick's shares these stats, and they say one out of every two hundred eighty five kids is going to experience cancer oh, wow. in a lifetime, which is yeah. staggering. Um, but the really great news is, so they said, you know, in the 50s and 60s, if, if a child was diagnosed with cancer, it meant almost certainly that that child was going to die. Now they've got some of the most common forms, which, uh, what is it, acute lymphoblastic le- leukemia is about a 90% cure rate now for kids. So wow. that's amazing. Wow. If, if that those numbers can continue to go up, fantastic. Yeah. I should give them a fact that one in 285 that's too close yeah that's too close so anyway not to get too promotional here either but that's <laughs> you know again um on on behalf of of kids one of our goals here is to raise some money for childhood cancer research so this isn't going to be just a shameless pitch just a, a, a by the by we are uh raising money and we'll include a, a link on on the page here for the podcast for how people can donate and if it's five dollars if it's fifty dollars if it's Eleven dollars. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and um, plus you get to watch Mike get his head shaved. Right. <laughs> so I am uh, for the second year. Last year was our first year yeah. trying this, and I, I volunteered as tribute to ha- have my head shaved, and it came back. Look at that. Nice. See, and, I am uh, just in awe of that. Yeah, I've been fighting. <laughs> as fo- well, yeah, as follically challenged as oh, I am. You know, I'm my just... this is disappearing fast. So I last year when it got cut off. I crossed my fingers hard that it would come back. Uh, <laughs> <you> now, <laughs> as, as it's older, a great older, event. But... I have to say, one of the things that I remember most about last year, I think, of all the things we did with Reno Dads, that was really something. It was really something to see as many people in the in oh, the ballroom, yeah. and like the production of it, and just really the the energy. The energy yeah. in the room was really something special. There were men, women, children, all incredible all getting their. You see a lot of kids, which hair. is kind of mm-hmm. cool. You know, they're yeah, they're all and out the there women too. That the women yeah. that are up there, and I mean, just well, they've the, got hair down to their oh, mid back, yeah. and oh, man. it's just gone. But it's that's nice too. You can make turn that into wigs. Too, uh, they so, do. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, they, yeah, they, do, they do. They do reclaim all of that. So yeah. great event this year. Uh, the event is Friday, March fifteenth at six p.m. So again, we'll we'll provide all that information. We don't have to do it all over the air here, but. Yeah, that's that's sort of the inspiration for for bringing Ken in is is knowing that this event's around the corner and and wanting to share the story of local dads and yeah, I didn't even know you were born and raised here born and uh, raised. prior to that. So am I. Jonathan's a, a transplant, but we yeah. like him anyway. Yeah, we like him anyway. <laughs> let, we'll let him stay. <laughs> he's, he's fitting in. We're almost well all so transplants far. now here. I mean, it's like fifty fifty. It's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. pretty yeah. crazy. Jonathan's fitting in well. Yeah. yeah. So before we wrap up today, do we want to do our sort of traditional fast five, and we can learn a little bit more about you as a okay. father? We, we've learned, um, you know, a portion of of your story and Emily's story, but we've got our kind of. Yeah, we five. do the fast five, so we'll start <laughs> off with uh, the you know couple. These are a couple softballs. Okay. You, 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 <laughs> you'll 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 crush these, I'm sure. So, what was your reaction when you first found out you were going to be a dad? Do you remember? Yeah, I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Was, it's uh, I didn't know what. I mean, we were planning for it, but it, but I didn't know. I oh, mean, that's she, good. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> but it was just like, ah, all right. Well, we'll see how good Buckle a dad up and I here am. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What's uh what's something you feel like you learned from your dad uh, that has influenced who you are today? I think um, my dad was always kind of a laid back guy, um, great communicator. In fact, he was a professor up at UNR and taught communic- speech communications nice. up there. 
and uh, that's what brought Marino. But um, so he, I kind of learned his uh, speaking style and stuff like that, and and just I guess became kind of social, you know, uh, because of him. So what do you think, um, looking back, I mean, it's really hard to pick one. I know that for me it is. What is the funniest thing, fatherhood moment, you can think of in the years that you've been a dad? Okay. Um, <laughs> talked about very serious moments. Yeah, because we have, yeah. you know, we, 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 we need to lighten things up a little bit. But this, it seems like there could be something. There, there's there so, has to be a couple There's of so many, you know, yeah. like, like you're saying, think, but one that kind of sticks in my head it's almost it seems almost kind of cruel in the way too but it was funny it was it was around april fool so uh, <laughs> it was friday she goes to bed at night and <laughs> so anyway she wakes up saturday morning which was april fools and we tell her say get up you got to go to school she's like well, it's saturday I go, no you slept for like two days <laughs> i said you got you got to get to school i said we didn't want to wake you you look you know you had a busy friday and all that kind of stuff she's like we get her all ready for school and then we go all right april fools you know out there and she, was, she was just glad it wasn't school she was fine with everything she's like oh okay. did you actually get in the car yeah no we didn't get in the car no <laughs> but she's getting ready and no all right but, uh, yeah uh fourth question of the fast five yeah okay. what's your favorite part being a dad uh i think the favorite part is sh sharing things that i've always enjoyed but kind of got burnt out of mm. and then seeing her excited yeah, like going to the air races ah. or fireworks oh, and she's like yeah i used to be that when i was a kid <laughs> i was so into it and after a while i just kind of you know it fizzles out I've, I've seen it so much but watching her excitement and sharing all the things that that i was so passionate about when i was younger yeah, it's, it's nice to see it oh, in, their, in their face and yeah. see it through their eyes. Sure. Yeah. Fireworks are a great example of that. Oh, I mean, I'm yeah. so bored of 4th of July fireworks, to right? be honest with you. But while the fireworks are up there, if you just look at your kid's face instead of up in the sky and you see the, yeah. the amazement. That's, they keep man, grabbing you. I forgot like, about this. Yeah. Really. I forgot about what it's like to be yeah. a kid in a you know, kind of chilly July night laying on a blanket and watching fireworks. Super yeah. cool. No, that's a good one. That's a really good one. What do you hope, um, Emily is going to learn from you, take from you as a, you know, as a, you know, the, the life lessons that you want to really impart to her. I think I really want to, and this is something I learned later in life is that don't worry as much about what people think of you go for your happiness first and don't do what you think society wants you to always do. You know, yeah. I, I think that one of my biggest regrets is getting in. I say, I got to impress this person or I got to do this and this, and it's not about that. And I, I hope, I hope, I can still in her to say, listen, you go out and you do things that make you happy because in the end, it's not how much you made or, or how many people know you. It's whether or not you just enjoyed living every day. Yeah, you know, it's sort of a side question here as we're wrapping things up, but I had one more. No, but as we were getting ready here, you mentioned you do some music as well. Oh, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. And we're, we're recording here at the Reno Collective and in a sound booth. What was the name of this? What would this building used to be? So it used to be the Granny House. The Granny House. Yeah. 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 Granny you recorded yeah. in the very room we're, we're in we now. Did. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking was... around. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, whoa, <laughs> we were in the sound booth right here. Well, that was kind <laughs> of a fun fact. Yeah, um, that's so cool. I mean, I think the stories in this um, house, there are some yeah. really great ones. And I mean, not, uh, I, we've already sort of talked a little bit before we got on the, uh, on the um, recording, but there's some really famous artists that have made their way through here. And I know that the collective, the group, uh, Colin and those guys, they're going to build a little like display about that because they want to sort of make sure everybody knows Museum about the history. Style yeah, yeah they're going to put a little mm -hmm. display up with like yeah. who's been in the in because they have some of this stuff. And even when Shane was here, Shane uh, a couple weeks ago was in mm -hmm. for the 
for the podcast, he was saying that they have some great stories. And in, in fact, there's some other people who have like a lot of this memorabilia from some of these really famous bands that have been through here in, over the years. Including Ken Zimmerman. Hey, well, look yes, at that. Including, <laughs> including Ken. There we go. I wish. <laughs> well, thanks again, Ken. Hey, I think you. that's um, probably about how much time as we got yeah, for today. Yeah, that's great. Thanks so much, Ken, yeah. for coming in. We'll, uh, we're, we're gonna... Thanks for sharing your story. Absolutely. Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Ken. You've been listening to the Reno Dads podcast on renodads.com. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Stop by renodads.com and click on Contact Us and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear on our show. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at renodads. And subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you'll join us here for our next episode, and we'll see you online at renodads.com. Oh!